0: Thank you, God. Thank you. across the sanctuary and just give him glory this morning hallelujah father it was the blood it is the blood it will forever be the blood of Jesus right hallelujah let's worship church what can wash away my sins nothing but the blood of Jesus what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of Jesus and oh precious is the flow that makes me white as snow no other fountain, I know nothing but the blood of Jesus for my pardon this I see nothing but the blood of Jesus for oh, my cleansing, this my plea, Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And oh, precious is the flow That makes me white as snow. No, no other I know, Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my hope and peace, nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my righteousness, nothing but the blood of Jesus. And oh, precious is the flow that makes me wild as Lord. I know nothing but the blood of Jesus, and oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. no other fount. I know nothing but the blood of Jesus, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen amen and oh the blood how Jesus come on church you know it and oh the blood of voice church sing Say thank you for the blood of Jesus. We well, thank you for your blood, Lord Jesus. The wash is white as snow. No other fount I know. It's nothing but the blood. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus, who has washed me white. Thank you, Jesus, you have saved my life. Brought me from the darkness into glory let say thank you, thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus, it has washed me white. Stronger than the water world. So I throw up my hands. Soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your soul. Cause you got a light.
1: More time to him this morning. You, Lord, we lift our hands and say thank you for the blood. Thank, thank you. you, Jesus. We lift our hands and say thank, thank you, Jesus. You, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For your precious blood. Thank you for your blood that's applied today.
0: One more time. Thank Thank you. you,
1: This morning we lift up our hands and thank you and praise you give all glory and honor to you today No, it's been very obvious that our songs have centered on the precious blood of Jesus today That blood that saves heals delivers sets free and in honor of that precious blood today We're going to observe communion And so if you did not receive your cup for communion when you came in and you'd like to participate in communion Would you raise your hand? and our ushers will see that you're served. If you need a communion cup, raise your hand. Cameron, I see some up here. Where are other ushers? Here's some over here as well. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Sharing of communion today is for every born again believer. So if you know you're safe, whether you're a member of this church or not, there's a transparency. There's a little uh, transparent clip film across the top. If you would just take that and open that up. Hold, Hold your bread in your hand for just a minute. In the night that the Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and broke it. Would you break your little piece of bread there? Just break it. Symbolic of the breaking of his body for you and me. Let's let me remind you this morning that communion is a symbol. It's a symbol of acceptance. First Peter tells us that we are a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. That means God chose us. He accepted us to be his own people. That also means that we are to accept one another. The bread is symbolic, not just of the broken body of Jesus, but of his present body and we're to properly discern it. And I love the way that um, Ephesians in the um, Ephesians 2, 13 through 14 in the Passion Translation says, our reconciling peace is Jesus. He has made us one in Christ by dying as our sacrifice He has broken down every wall of prejudice that separated us and has now made us equal through our union with Christ. Ethnic ethnic hatred has been dissolved by the crucifixion of his precious body on the cross. So much of what we see, the division that we see in Israel today and the division that we see in our own nation today was taken taken care of at the cross, but it's up to you and me to enforce that, and so today as we receive the, break the bread and drink the cup, it's a sign of acceptance, but it's also a sign of abiding, if we abide in him, he will abide in us, we're the vine, he's the vine and we're the branches, it's also a symbol of anticipating, because he tells us in 1st that as often as you do this, eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. So we're saying this morning, I believe you're coming back again. And I'm getting myself ready. So Father, right now we examine our hearts. And if we're not ready for your coming, I pray that you would cleanse us and purify us. Sanctify us by the washing of the water of the word and by your precious blood today. And make us ready for your coming. And all God's people amen. said Amen. Now let's eat the bread and drink the cup together. Taking heat, this is my body, Jesus said, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. So we say thank you for your body that was broken for us. And then you peel back the foil part, and there is the, the juice that represents his blood today. Let's drink together. This cup is the New Testament, Jesus said, in my blood. This do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So today we just want to remember you, Jesus. We just want to say thank you for all that you've done for us. We give all the glory and honor and praise for you, for who you are and what you've done. And we just say thank you. Can we just lift up our hands and praise him again and again right now? We say thank you, Lord. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for the peace that you give. Thank you for your reconciling power, God. And we lift up every area of our nation and of our church today where there's any prejudice or any uh, division that you would bring unity, that you would cause us as your people to to do everything that is within us to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. We just say thank you for hearing us, God. Thank you for hearing us, God. If there's anyone here today and you're not you don't know Jesus as your personal savior, we just want you to know that the altars in this house are always open and you can come at any time. The ushers are receiving by the bags of your cups, but I just want us to continue to focus on him. He is so worthy. John said, I saw I saw the, a vision of heaven and people were weeping because there was no one there to open the scroll. But then he said, don't weep anymore because worthy is the lamb that was slain. Worthy is the lamb to receive all glory and honor and praise forever and ever and ever. Praise his holy name. Thank you, Father. Thank
0: you, Father. <laughs> worthy is the Lamb seated on the throne. Come on is he worthy? Yes he is. Come.
1: May be seated in his presence. And Sheila, if you're prepared to come on. Yesterday, if you were able to attend the fall fling, you heard in detail this wonderful testimony. But this morning, she's just going to give us the highlights of that. We've been praying for Sheila. She is the um, uh, daughter of Linda quick and we've been praying for her. And God answered. He heard and he answered. We sought the Lord. He heard and he answered and gave her a miracle. And I just want to say thank you to her husband today. Would you stand, sir? Let's give him a hand of appreciation. Thank you. The reason, the reason I wanted to, you to appreciate him is because he took so seriously his vows, for better, or for worse, and for nearly a whole year took care of his wife in such an awesome way, such a respectful way, such an honorable way. And I just want to say to husbands and wives today, you are here to serve one another. It's just not all about you. So if you're having problems in your marriage today, stop thinking about yourself and see. Try to outserve that man or outserve that woman and see what God can do. Amen. Uh, I'm going to ask you to tell us what your position is again. At work. At work.
2: Oh, I'm the special agent in charge of the SBI in the Capital District of North Carolina. And
1: can you can you imagine that this frail little thing? <laughs>
2: Special Agent in Charge, Capital District of North Carolina, the State Bureau of Investigation. I'm honored to have this chance today to just share very quickly with you what the Lord has done. And I think it's important for people to see uh, the fruits of their prayers. So many times we pray for people, and you you never really see those people. You might not know those people, but you know me through extension of my family. And so I just want to thank you for the year and a half of prayers. Um, In in Isaiah 43 it says But now this is what the Lord says He who created you Jacob He who formed you Israel Do not fear for I have redeemed you I have called you by name You are mine When you pass through the waters I will be with you When you pass through the rivers They will not sweep over you And when you walk through the fire You will not be burned The flames will not set you ablaze For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And just very quickly in February of 2022, I was diagnosed with stage 4 rare inoperable cancer. And the doctors had pretty much date-stamped my life. But you know what? We serve the great physician who says, You know what? I have the final say. I have the final say. And through a a long, trying, but beautiful year of an example of God's grace and how He will walk with you and how He will keep you from being burned, on June 6th of this year, I underwent surgery, a surgery that they said that wasn't really possible for me, and there was going to be a long surgery, and I awoke from that surgery to the man that served me so faithfully standing by my side with tears in his eyes and I didn't know if they were good tears or bad tears. And he said, Is the doctor been? I said, No. He said, Well he said they didn't do it. I said, Okay. He said no, he said they didn't have to. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so uh when well, the doctor came in shortly after that, he said, as Jeff talked to you and I said, just a little bit, he said, Well, he said, he said, we um he said we're all very excited and very pleased, a lot of unexpected things. He said, But we got we got it. And uh, we didn't have to do everything that we thought we were gonna do and my husband said, Well what do we where do we go from here? What do we do now? And he said, Nothing. <laughs> And so, just to further just explain the goodness and the miraculous healing power of God, we were waiting on lab results while I was in the hospital, and those came, which kind of shows the full picture. And he came in, he said, "Well," he said, um, "we're all just really ecstatic." He said, "I got the lab results back." He said, and uh, that main tumor that had wrapped itself around the main aorta in my body, where it was, and some other vessels, and it had spread to my liver, and. Um, you know, for a year I'd gone through chemo and all that. He said, well, he said, when we got in there, he said, that tumor, he said, it was a lot smaller than than what had showed up before. He said, we were able to get it out with, you know, it was, it was tricky, he said, but we got it out with no problem. He said, and enough margins that we can, you know, call it cancer-free. He said, and all those vessels and all those lymph nodes that we took from around it, he said, they're negative for any cancer. He said... The the places that we took out of your liver, he said, four places on my liver where it spread that were all cancerous. He said, There's no cancer there. He said, It was already gone. Years of scans every three months, but I went through my first scan, and now they want to scan all my chest and my lungs just make sure that nothing. Because it was a very aggressive cancer, and there was no no data on it, not a lot of hope for that kind of thing. But you know what? My first scan, guess what it was? That was clear, and I have another one in November. But I have no worry because I know that God has put a period where there was a question mark. And he said, it's over, it's finished, you are mine, and I'm the great physician, I have not changed. I have not changed, I'm still doing miracles. And I'll tell you, Miss Faye, I don't know if she's here today, but she blew, She blew that shofar for me at my request at 8 a.m. on June 6th. In faith believing, just like Gideon told his people to do, you blow it and you say, for the Lord and for Gideon. And she blew it and she said, for the Lord and for Sheila, because we have faith to believe that God's going to do what he's promised he would do. Thank you. Thank you. And with every breath I have left in my body for however long the Lord gives me, I will never get tired of telling him the greatness and the goodness of what he's done. I love you all. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Jesus. So I want to ask you, is there anything God cannot do? Is there anything God cannot do? So some of you today have loved ones who are in the hospital or loved ones who are sick or loved ones who've been uh, diagnosed with cancer or whatever, COPD, whatever. Raise your hand if you have a special need for yourself or for a loved one today. Look, let's believe God. This, this testimony has built our faith, right? We're believing for Laura today. We're believing for her daughter today. We're believing for... Um, the Cox family today. We're believing for lead today. We're believing that what God has started in them, he's going to complete, and what he started in you, he's going to complete. So let's stand, and I'm going to ask Sheila to lead us in prayer as we believe for these miracles today.
2: Lord, we just come to you today, Lord. God, and we just ask you, you see every heart, you see every family that's represented here, Lord, and you know the needs, you know the hurt, you know the concern, you know every situation, Lord. There are situations where doctors and the medical community has said, Lord, that there's no hope or there's no way or we don't know what to do. There are relationships, there there are addictions, there are issues, Lord, that the world just brings at us. And God, whatever it is, we just speak your power over it today, God. We claim your authority over the situation acknowledge that you are the one who makes the way you are the one who parts the Red Sea you are the one who who heals the lame who raised the dead God who, who just set the captive free God and we speak freedom today we speak healing over every situation that is represented here God and I just claim victory in the name of Jesus that you will give peace that you will give power that you will give restoration Lord and where our hearts are burdened God that you would lift it and that you would raise their faith up God you would give us that fringe like faith to say if I could just touch the hem of your garment Lord I will be made whole and God it's not the piece of clothing that did it but it's our faith Lord Lord, and though the healing or the situation might not come like we think it should in the time that we think it should, in the way that we think it should, God, help us to know that you're on the throne. And even though you haven't promised us things to work out exactly like we think they should, your promise is that you will walk through us and that you will walk beside of us through the whole situation, God. And on the other side, your name will be praised. It will be for your glory and our good. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Now,
1: praise is your faith and action. I want you to take just a few minutes now and praise him for what you just stood for, what your hand represented. I want you to praise him as though you see it happening right this minute. Go ahead, let's praise him. Father, we thank you. We thank you that praise is our faith in action. So we praise you for these prayers answered today. We praise you for needs met today. We praise you for the prodigals coming home. We praise you for cancer disappearing. We praise you for other situations disappearing and people's bodies being made whole in jesus name we give you praise and glory and honor in jesus name what an awesome god we serve and you may be seated in his presence well just a quick reminder before we get ready to receive our offering um, that tonight is our second kingdom connection service it's at six o'clock at new hope baptist church so i hope you plan to be there Next Sunday, the very next Sunday is Family and Friends Day. I'm sure that's in your it's in your bulletin. Um, there'll probably be a phone tree about it. Pastor Tim has been promoting it, others have been promoting it, so you should know all about next Sunday. So come prepare to have a good day. We dress casual, we eat, you'll be given a meal ticket for food trucks. <clears throat> so it's gonna be a great day. I hope you'll come and bring your family with you. We are accepting candy donations for trunk or treat. You can place that in the foyer we started collecting uh, trash bags for Falcon Children's Home. There will be a place out there for you to put that. And uh, just a reminder of the, of the phone tree that Pastor sent out yesterday of the funeral tomorrow of Jay Ingram. This is Tony Catherine Poole's um, uh, husband. Well, are you ready to give this morning? Are you ready to give? one more time are you ready to give this morning (laughs) the ushers are coming and if you have a need of an envelope please raise your hand and they'll give you an envelope at this time Um, many on the screen you will see ways to give you don't need an envelope to give you don't have to bring it by the church there are many ways you can give I personally just, I'm old school, I like bringing my offering and putting it in the offering plate, but you know what, God accepts it any way we give it, any way, any way we give it, however we want to give it, as long as we give it with a grateful heart and as an act of worship. So our ushers are coming at this time, let us stand. You may come forward, there will be an usher in front of each section and you may come forward and give your gifts as the band plays.
3: Church can be dismissed. Out this door over here, children's church dismissed. Mercy endures forever. We thank you today for your goodness. Uh, Mr. Tyler, if you'll pull up offering confessions, and I'm just going to let you forward through them back there. I didn't bring my iPad up with me. Could we make our confessions over our giving today? As we receive today's offering, we are believing the Lord for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales, and commissions favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, expenses decrease, blessing and increase. We thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs that I may have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now shout this out loud. There is abundance in this house. There is abundance in this house. There is abundance in this house. In the name of Jesus and on the authority of God's holy word. Down just a little bit, please, sir. Father, we thank you today for your, for your blessings of your people, and we thank you, Father God, for your people that have faith, trust, hope, confidence, faith, and commitment in giving to you. So, Lord, as we give our offering and return to you your tithe, we ask that you would open heaven, do nothing more, nothing less than what you said you would do, God, rebuke the devour, meet all of our needs. And as the scripture says, that my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said Amen. 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 If he's your provider today, give him a praise while you're seated, wow. would you? a bit more? Yeah, it might have, might have went down too far. Yeah. All right, bless the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to march off my map today. I uh, had some wonderful verses and thoughts and other things that I felt like the Lord had laid on my heart all this week, and he did, and it was good stuff. I was certainly enjoying it. Maybe it's for another day because late last night, early this morning when I got up to seek the heart of God on some things... I sense the Lord just give me a sense of direction. And sometimes that's a pet peeve for me to hear preachers say that because sometimes it makes people think like God changed his mind between Monday and Friday. And sometimes it's not that. Sometimes it's just God testing us, me, to see if I'll be flexible enough to go with what he says because I would have been more comfortable going with what I'd been pondering all week long. But I'm just going to kind of talk to you Out of my overflow this morning. All right? How many of you watched the news any since Friday was a week ago? What's going on in the Middle East? I want to talk about that just a little bit. I want to talk about Israel. I want to talk about prophecy. And uh, I want to talk about the return the return of the Lord. Now, I'm not gonna get deep into prophecy because you've heard me say this many, many times from this very pulpit. If I got up here and we got 10 people to discuss eschatology, the doctrine of end times, we could get 10 different viewpoints from 10 different people. So I'm not here to bash anybody over the head. I'm not here to thump this Bible and say, this is the way we're going to believe, hallelujah. (laughs) Maybe I need to keep that in the repertoire. Where's the youth group with that funny video they made last week? Oh, I'm coming to y'all Wednesday night. Y'all better be there, too. I'm looking for y'all. For real. Tell them, James, and Courtney, I'm going to be at youth group Wednesday night, right? Oh, payback. Mm. I need to get a copy of that video, too, please. Y'all too good. Y'all practice that, some of y'all. I'm just going to go through some things that I wrote down. Is that all right? It's eleven seventeen. Wow, I got to preach early today. I get to preach a long time. I can go till 12, 30, and y'all think this is just like a normal Tim Hodge service, right? Let's talk. and Let me break some things down to you from scripture. I want to talk with you folks. Listen to me. My intent today is not to make you happy. My intent today is not to make you impressed with anything I've got to say. My intent today isn't, isn't even try to get you to like me. My intent today is to try to get everybody under the sound of my voice. If you're in this room, on this campus, or you're watching us online, live or archived, which we haven't even welcomed the online uh, congregation yet. Y'all put your hands together, let's just (laughs) welcome them right here. My whole intent today is to be sure that everybody is ready For the return of Jesus Christ. And I need to talk to you today out of passion that he's coming soon. All of us, I said already that we could get ten different people and we could talk about end time events and we could talk about eschatology and I could get ten different opinions. But let me tell you this. No matter what your opinion is or what your theological beliefs are, you better be sure you're ready because if you think that you got a little while longer to wait because there's some more stuff got to take place from the way you understand it so you can put the cruise control on and go into chill mode, I'm going to tell you what, it'd be a shame for you to put all your theology in that one little basket of eggs and miss the Lord Jesus Christ because when he comes back, he's coming back after a church that is full of glory, not half beaten, not half trodden, and not... Half-hearted, can I talk to anybody in this room right now? He's the king of glory, he's a great and mighty God, he loves us. This last song we sang, worthy is the Lamb. Man, when we when we got to that, and I sang that word crucified, that was in that song, the lyrics of that song, it hit me all of a sudden. You know, sometimes we are so familiar with a song. And that's been one of my favorite songs since it first came out. Sometimes we just buzz through the words. But today, when I sang that word about the lamb being crucified, folks, do do we remember, do we recall, do we fully grasp? That God, the Father, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son not just to come down here and get hit, hurt and put a Band-Aid on. He literally surrendered him over that he would be beaten to shreds. So that some 2,000 years later, Miss Sheila, we could quote that Isaiah 53, that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. He took away our sin, but that little line in there that says, and by his stripes, we are healed. That that same blooded lamb of God that was beaten to shreds was done so, so he could wash away our sin with that blood and that those same stripes release the healing virtue of heaven. The psalmist wrote a thousand years before Jesus was born, that he would forgive us of all of our iniquities and he would heal us of all of our diseases. Okay, I'm gonna rewind. I know y'all picking, y'all laughing about my rewind, but forget y'all, I'm gonna say it again. (laughs) He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. He will forgive us of all of our iniquities and heal us of all of our diseases. That's God's intent. Somebody shout, that's God's intent. That's what he wants to do. But you know what? He's not going to force that on us, but he's waiting for us to submit our heart. He's waiting for us to acknowledge that we are sinners in need of a Savior. And as soon as we do that and we ask him to forgive us and we repent, can I tell you? Oh, who knows what I'm talking about in here right now? Heaven will come down and joy will fill your soul. Hallelujah. So let me back up to where I was a moment ago. I'm not here to try to impress you. I'm not here to make you happy. In fact, I heard, uh, I heard Alistair Begg preaching this week, and uh, he said, God's not wanting you to be happy. He wants you to be holy. He said, sinners can be happy all day long, but only the redeemed can be holy. Have I got any holy folk in here today? You can be happy too but let me tell you something there's something better than happiness. The world is running hard after happiness but there's a joy that can only come from heaven. Happiness takes stuff. Happiness takes happenings but the joy of the Lord is our strength. Happiness can be caused by outside catalysts but let me tell you something joy that comes from within your soul can only come from the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said this. I'm going to have to run in this building today. Jesus said this in the book of Luke chapter 10, he said, rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Have I got any folk today that your name is written in heaven? So everything for those of you clapping your hands right there in acknowledgement, I want to talk to you. Those that could not clap your hands and say, you know, what? I don't know if my name's written in heaven or no, my name's not written in heaven. You better listen to what this crazy preacher is about to lay out to you today. This attack on Israel. If you aren't aware, it attacked this attack on Israel happened on the last day of a traditional ancient Jewish feast called Sukkot. Everybody say Sukkot. All right. And Sukkot is better known in, in the English language as the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles. And the Jewish people, God gave them when they came out of Egypt, God gave them several specific feasts. The Feast of Passover, uh, the the Feast of uh, the Celebration or the Feast of uh, Tabernacles is very important because it comes up on the tail end of a holy day. In fact, it is referred to as the most holy day of the Jewish uh, year. It is Yom Kippur. It is the Day of Atonement. And that was celebrated just a few weeks ago. In fact, that morning, I remember the Holy Spirit in this church, in this sanctuary, before we ever got around to referring to this as the Day of Atonement. Atonement means covering. I'm going to say that one more time. Atonement means covering. I'm going to say it one more time. Atonement means covering. Because you know what, my sins that were leveled against me and my sins that were documented against me, you know what, no amount of good could I do To erase those sins. What I needed is I needed something more powerful than my sin. What I needed where my sin did abound, I needed grace that did much more abound. What I needed is I needed somebody to come in that had something that could cover over my sin so that my sin would be known no more. So let me tell you what Jesus did. When we took communion today, when we sang sang these songs about the blood today, can I tell you today, friend, there is nothing that can take your sin away. Way. There is nothing that can cover your sin. There is nothing that can atone yours for your sin and my sin except the precious blood. I'm going to say that again. It's the precious blood. The writer to the Hebrew says it's not common blood. It's precious blood. Jesus took, listen, listen, listen. Jesus took the book of Hebrews tells us when he died on the cross, when he went back into heaven, he died on that cross as the Passover lamb that while there was a natural little lamb inside the temple where the priest was taking that knife and at 3 o'clock that Friday and cut that little lamb's throat and caused it to bleed out and they caught that lamb's blood in a basin and they went into the Holy of Holies and poured it out what they don't realize is outside the city gate of Jerusalem at that very exact moment the Son of God, the Lamb of God hang there on a cross for me and for you and he was bleeding out and and at three o'clock, exactly the same time that priest drew that that knife across that little lamb, the true lamb of God cried out, it is finished. And the book of Hebrews says this, it says that when he went back into heaven, he did not go with a basin of blood from goats, nor bulls, but he went back into heaven, y'all better hear me, with a basin of his own blood. Do you hear what I'm telling you? He went in there in heaven. My God, I hope you get to see it because I'm looking forward to it. If you're not saved and you're rejected at heaven's gate, if you stand before the great white throne of judgment of God and your name is not found in the Lamb's Book of Life, you will never see this. But let me talk to the children of God who are excited about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. One day you and I are going to be prone into the throne room of God and we're going to see that ark. We're going to see that holy of holies where that bench seat is, the mercy seat of God and where 2,000 years ago Jesus went back into heaven with a basin of his own blood. He poured it out and it flowed across that seat of the throne of God. And to us the judgment seat immediately transformed into a mercy seat. I wonder if anybody believes today there's still power in that blood. Woo. And I love it because in heaven nothing dies. So, it might have been 2,000 years ago, earth time, two days ago, God's time, because in God's sight, a day is as 1,000 years. So, two days ago, in Jesus' time, he poured that blood out. I don't care if you go five million years from now, that blood's still gonna be fresh and puddled because nothing dies. What he did there, and every time the devil accuses you, child of God, I wish I could get some help up in here. When he comes up saying, "Look what Mandy did," when he comes up says, "Look what Kim did," when he comes up said, "I know what Welton did," and he starts accusing you before the throne of God. Let me tell y'all, somebody up in here, your your own public defense attorney, the mediator, the advocate. He stands up and he says, "Hold up! What you're accusing him or her of, we know of no more," and they pull. Someone over there the blood because the atonement has covered it. I wonder if I got any folk covered up in here today. Would you mind standing to your feet and just give God a praise for what he did for you. Hallelujah thank you for the blood. there is still power in the blood. Thank you Jesus for the blood you shed, for the cross you bore. Thank you. Darling of heaven, prince of glory. Hallelujah. Can I remind you what the scripture says? The scripture says this, if he who freely gave you his son, if he gave Jesus to experience and endure all of that, then here's what the word continues to say. Shall he not freely Give you all things. Yom Kippur, the day of atonement, a time where we would repent of our sins. That's what Yom Kippur is designed for. It's a time of repentance. They would blow the shofar, and every time they heard the shofar, it reminds the people in the Jewish culture, I need to pray, and I need to ask the Holy Spirit to bring to my heart and mind anything that he is displeased with in my life and we repent of that thing and we ask for it to be atoned. So after Yom Kippur, they go right into the five days of Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles. And the Feast of Tabernacles has twofold purpose. First of all, how many of y'all remember for 40 years the children of Israel walked around in that wilderness in that desert area and God continually provided for them? They lived in tents and they lived in these little shanty huts that every time the cloud would move, they'd have to pack their stuff up, follow the cloud of God. And when it stopped, they unpacked and they built put the tents and the huts back up. Sukkot is during five days of feast, they're celebrating, number one, what God did in the wilderness, and the second thing is there it's a feast of in-gathering. They're acknowledging the harvest that God is bringing. So for five days, what they do, for those who celebrate Sukkot, out in their yard, they'll put up a tent, or they go out and build a little hut with a thatched roof. And for five days, They go out on that roof. Some of them go out there for a few hours at night. They'll pray, and it's supposed to be—you're supposed to be able to see through the through enough through the roof so you can see the stars. And then you reflect on what God did for your ancestors, and the same God that kept them, the same God that provided for them, is the same God that's watching over you tonight. How many of y'all would like to celebrate Sukkot? I would One time, I I like camping out one time my wife I came home she said I think we need to go camping take the kids camping our kids were young man I got all excited I went out in the backyard I went to the storage building I pulled out the camping stoves and the lanterns and and the tents I'm pulling out the tents I'm washing them off and by this time she walks around to the corner of the house she said what are you doing I said you said you want to go camping I'm getting the stuff ready I was excited man she said, no, you crazy man. I meant borrow somebody's RV. <laughs> Completely bust my bubble, man. That's, I, I'm going to talk about that glamping stuff. I thought we meant camping. But anyway, y'all be praying for her. She's ministering at a church at a pastor's appreciation day down in Sally, South Carolina today uh, with our friends, Pastor Brandon uh, Martin and his wife, Miss Grace, long-time friends. And there she's a surprise they didn't know she was coming and their church board asked her to come down and speak, give the word for Pastor Appreciation Day so y'all remember Miss Kim in prayer today as she ministers and travels back home. So this feast of Sukkot was five days long. So and I get this, you've just had this, this period of fasting and prayer and repentance and then you come into Sukkot these five days and pretty much you're kind of just, you're camping out, you're having a party. That's what it is. It's a celebration time. So on the last day of this celebration, everybody's got their guard down. And what happened on the last day? Hamas attacked Israel on the last day of Sukkot. If you want to write this down, folks, listen. Don't have a breakdown in the midst of a breakthrough. You understand what I'm telling you? Because sometimes when you think it's all good and you can reach down and hit that spiritual cruise control and and listen, the scripture does not lie when it says be sober, be vigilant for your adversary the devil is roaming around seeking whom he may devour. Listen, listen. Do not drop your guard. Jesus is coming soon. I'm going to say that again. Do not drop your guard. Jesus is coming soon. Do not drop your guard. Jesus is coming soon. And as soon as you drop your guard, the enemy's gonna come in like Kamas on this last day of celebration. And, and as soon as we get caught up on the fun stuff going on in life, bam, you're going to get backhanded out of nowhere and you're going to wonder where did this come from, how did this happen and folks, I'm telling you right now we don't want to get this close to seeing history unfold like we've never seen it at an accelerated rate before and find ourselves on the wrong side of the history books. Amen? Amen. Don't break down in the midst of or after a breakthrough. Amen? Listen, turn with me to Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 1. I've been quoting a lot of scripture, but just to make sure y'all know I'm trying to be holy about this, i to let you look at some, all right? So we're going to old school today, and nothing on the, nothing's on the uh, screens for you. Now we're going to flip pages, and for those of y'all with an old Bible and uh, you don't have a smart device we're going to wait and see who sneezes first because all that dust has been stuck on those pages I'm just playing. that was a joke Acts chapter 1 when you get there say I'm there now for several weeks I have mentioned this verse off and on, off and on, off and on and I want to pick up in verse 8 Jesus is saying but you shall receive power somebody shout power, power. you shall receive what? Look at your neighbor and say, you're gonna receive what? Power. Look what it says. You're gonna receive power. Listen now. When the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Not if, not should, when. That'd be a good time for y'all to repeat that when I may not have to say repeat that. When. The Holy Spirit has come upon you. Look what he says. You shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Verse 9. Now when he had spoken these things, while they, the disciples and the followers that are there, watched, he was taken up. Somebody shout he was taken up. I need you to get this. If you get anything else I tell you today to understand what I'm trying to deliver to you, I need you to see what this verse says. He was taken and a a what? A cloud did what? Where? And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went, behold, two men, stood by them in white apparel who also said men of Galilee why do you stand here gazing up into heaven the oh y'all better stop somebody better shout that out right there who the same Jesus who was taken up from you into will will Read that whole line right there. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Jesus was taken up, got in the clouds, disappeared, and they're standing there with their binoculars and stuff, trying to find him. I don't know. Maybe they were trying to figure out what happened, Tim. They were trying to figure out if he was coming back right then. If he was going to fall, paraglide, I don't know. But all of a sudden, these two men in white apparel appear, poof, out of nowhere, and they say, why are you guys looking up into heaven? Why are you standing here gazing? Because that same Jesus, not another one, not a pseudo-Jesus, not a faux-Jesus. I ain't getting no help up in here. Let me talk to myself a minute. Tim? That very same Jesus, that same Jesus got nail pierced hands, nail pierced feet, scars in his brow, and a hole in his side. Tim, that same Jesus was caught up into heaven, and that same way he went up, the Bible says right here that same Jesus is coming back the same way. I need, you, I need you to put an anchor point right there I need you really to put an anchor point right there I don't care how many times you've heard it or if this is the first time you've ever heard it I need you to understand he's coming again let's see where can we go from here in this journey alright from there it, let's just go over and read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Again, I've read this dozens and dozens of times. And this morning I was wrestling with the Lord. I was like, Lord, I've read these verses so many times. And the Lord said, repeat yourself. So you know what? I'm just going to do what the Lord said do. And we can deal with it. All right? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. When you get there, I'm there. Hold on. I'll tell you what page it's on. (laughs) Now, y'all can't see it. Come here, Charles. Come here, Charles. Come here, Charles. Come here, Charles. This is on the bottom page of my Bible, and if you're interested, it's page 1,040. That made me cringe because I thought it formed 1040 from the taxes, but anyway, let's don't. (laughs) (laughs) What's that say? The rapture is real. Say it one more time, Charles. The rapture is real. Okay, you don't have to believe it because I wrote it in my Bible, but I'm going to tell you what, this, this passage right here, folks, uh, and, and look, if you don't believe in the rapture, we're not going to argue. If you believe in Jesus, you believe in the cross, you believe in the blood, he's the only way to heaven, then we're going to walk in fellowship. So you, don't, you, can, you can disagree with some of this stuff like this, but I'm going to tell you what, the way I read this, this right here is for real. All right, and, and, and look, I'm just going to read. It. I'm going to read. It. I'm not even going to talk about it. All right. Paul says in verse 13, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, but I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who are asleep, those who are dead, uh, those who have fallen asleep. He said, Lest your sorrow, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. I'm sorry, I start quoting and I'm, I get caught, I get to quoting King James, then I get to quoting part New King James, and then I forget what I'm reading. And I'm like, I just messed up. So anyway, y'all pardon me. Does your brain work that way? I'm the only weird person in here. Don't answer that question. For if we believe, if we believe, can I, I'm going to go ahead and say this, I believe. I believe that Jesus died and rose again. Even so, God will bring with him those who sleep or those who have died who are righteous, those who are in Christ for this we say to you by the word of the Lord and I said this a few weeks ago this isn't something Peter told Paul this is not something his grandmother told him he said I got this by the word of the Lord because how many of y'all know Paul this man who wrote two thirds of the New Testament how many of y'all know when he got saved he didn't just start going to Joel Osteen's church to be a part of the crowd so, did I say that out loud you know what he did You know what he did? He went off in a wilderness place. What was it? Three years in this little small area. Three years and got along with God and God started opening heaven and honoring his sacrifice and he started showing Paul stuff that people had not seen yet in the scripture. He started breaking things open and revealing him. It's called revelation. And so this is what he says. Stuff like this. He said, this we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the whoa, 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 whoa wait, till the what? Alright in a mental leap of faith let's go back to Acts chapter 1 this same Jesus that you saw going up is going to do what? come again in what was that cloud word we, we emphasized, oh cloud, never mind Y'all got that, right? That was a joke, okay? He was caught up in the clouds. Somebody say clouds. He's coming back in the clouds. Look what it says, look what it says, look what it says. And where are clouds at? They're in the sky, they're in the air. Can I tell you right now, he's coming back. Get this before we move on, but there's going to be two comings. I need you to understand this. I'm going back to Israel in just a moment. There's gonna be two comings. The first one, folks, he's not gonna set foot on the earth, but he's gonna be in the air. You can say, that's just impossible, Pastor Tim. So is a three-day-old dead body in a tomb rising up and coming out. With God, all things are possible. So let me tell you something. If Jesus can be in a tomb for three days, dead as a doornail, and come out by the power of the Holy Spirit, if I can go over to the book of Hebrews where it says I'm by faith we know that God created everything that there is by his words if God can make a storm that is so big it makes our sun look like a little tiny BB beside it, or a speck of dust. If God can speak something like that into existence, then you better hear me. Then the resurrected Lord can come down into the atmosphere of this planet, and He can ride the clouds. And just let me just cut to the chase. This passage says that there's going to come a shout out of heaven, and the dead in Christ are coming out of the grave. Verse 17, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the? What did Jesus go up on? How's he coming back? Are y'all hearing what I'm telling y'all? This verse right here, he never has a touchdown on planet earth. He's in the clouds. This is the first coming. Turn with me to the book of the Revelation, chapter 19. This is not revelations plural. It's not revelations of end times. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's all about him and his bride and how he's going to wrap this thing up, put it back together, fix it, and put a bow on it and give it to himself. Now, he was in the clouds back here. Hold up. Now, we're about to talk about this real second coming. We're about to talk about what he's gonna set foot now. Look at your neighbor, tap him, say he's gonna set foot on this earth. (laughs) See, here's a problem we got right here. I'm gonna jump the gun right here on something. I wanted to go to Matthew 24, but we're not gonna go there today. In Matthew 24, are you with me? In Matthew 24, specifically verses 32 through 42, Jesus talks about the fig tree, this young fig tree, and talks about when it's young and it starts having leaves. And he says that that in that generation, that generation will see the return of the Lord. And then in verse 37, he talks about as in the days of Noah. Well, folks, if you study anything about prophecy or eschatology, they will everybody will tell you that they believe Jesus was talking about that fig tree, that young fig tree, Israel. And how many of y'all know when the Romans finally wiped Israel out, there was no real Israel? Listen to me. History lesson, are you ready? Until May 14th, 1948. What was it? United Nations after World War II said we need to give the Jewish people we need to give the people of Israel their own land, and we're going to give it to them over there where God promised it to their fathers. And they got over there, and there was Palestinians living all over in that, that map. Listen, Google, Mid, uh, 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 Google Middle East. Men in my class, Wednesday night, raise your hand. We talked about this two Wednesday nights. Do y'all not, can y'all testify to me? If you look on that map, you'll see big old giant Saudi Arabia. You'll see big old Iran. You'll see big old Iraq. You'll see big old Egypt. You'll see big old this and big old that. All of these Muslim countries. And if you look for Israel, it's a tiny little piece of sliver of dirt on the Mediterranean Sea. I ain't getting no help up in here. And it is right now, the whole world is looking at that little tiny, Sliver of dirt and they better be looking because let me tell you something this Bible has been talking about it for 6,000 years my God you better get ready church he's coming do you hear what I'm telling you look 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 who would have thought weeks ago that the world would be watching that little sliver of dirt. Who would have thought that Hamas would go in there and the president of the United States would get in the phone with Netanyahu and say, Ben, we need to find a diplomatic solution. And Ben replied, there is no diplomacy. We're going into Gaza. And if you hadn't checked the news, Lebanon, which is on the north side of Israel, has started firing rockets on the north side. Uh, Gaza is on the south side. So now Israel's getting hit from the north and the south. And now the Saudis have said they're gonna get involved. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm talking about. If I'm Israel, Lebanon's up here. You got the Mediterranean Sea right here. You got the Saudis to my left and you got Gaza at my feet. Now, if they're starting to get bombarded and rocketed and mortared from all three sides, we better pay attention, church, because the eyes of the world, according to the fulfillment of scripture, are gonna be on Israel when the Lord returns. There is no getting ready. Are you understanding what I'm telling you? He said in Matthew 24 that the coming of the Son of Man will be like the lightning flashing across the sky. Before you can get the word Jesus off of your lips, he will have been come and gone and raptured his church out. That's why today you need to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Today is the day of salvation. I'm not here to try to scare you. I'm here to try to get you ready to see the king. Oh, I got to hurry up. In Matthew 24, verse 37, something has been in my heart for, for about three months. And the Holy Spirit keeps speaking it to me. As it was in the days of Noah, so it shall be at the coming of the Son of Man. And some of, how many of y'all are with me on Facebook? How many of y'all see me for, At time to time, I will put on there, as in the days of Noah? Because the Lord keeps burning that in my spirit. Listen now, and in that Matthew 24, I mentioned this, I believe, in our men's class. He said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man, that people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. Now, months ago when the Lord hit me between the eyes with this, he didn't say, so shall it be in the days of Noah, the coming of the Son of Man, Son of Man, excuse me, that people will be drinking and drugging and having illicit affairs and doing all this bad stuff. And that's what got my attention. When the Lord told me to go read it, I was like, wait a minute, I've never looked at this this way. There's nothing wrong with eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. So what's the problem here, Lord. What qualifies that to fit as in the days of Noah? Are you ready for me to give you the answer to that? From my perspective, Noah spent 120 years building the ark. In fact, Jewish history says that Noah actually grew the trees that he got the lumber from To build that ark. So for 120 years, Pastor Faye, everybody kept seeing Noah working on this ark, and everybody kept asking, "What you doing, Noah? I'm building an ark because God is sending judgment on the earth." Okay. And they went on to eat, out. meet the friends for lunch, have family dinners, get married, and give away in marriage. None of that's bad in itself until you allow it to distract you from what God is telling you to do in the earth. In all of that 120 years when God was using Noah's life and his efforts as a testimony, To let these people know God is about to pass judgment. They could really care less. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Noah spent 120 years building an ark. God has invested 6,000 years to tell us what's going to happen in the earth. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm going to say it. Can I say it? Y'all going to still love me? you got to love me to get to heaven, right? There's a lot of people sitting in churches all across this nation today that's been sitting in churches longer than I've been alive but have no real relationship with Christ the King. They're just going through the motions. They're ushering. They're working security. Even Jesus said that there are going to be people stand before him who say, Lord, we prophesied in your name. Lord, we cast out devils in your name. And he's going to look at them, folks, and some of the scariest words in the Bible are going to be this. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Does that scare anybody beside me? And that's why sometimes people say, Pastor Tim, you preach so hard. Why have you got to preach so hard? Why are you so emphatic and passionate about it? Because, folks, to me, as a preacher of this gospel, there are going to be people stand before God that I have preached to in my life And I'm going to stand there. I'm going to be called as a witness as God begins to pronounce judgment on people that never accepted his offer of love, grace, forgiveness, redemption, and relationship. And I want to tell you, I don't want people looking at me screaming and crying and saying, Pastor Tim, why didn't you tell me this was going to happen? I'm telling you right now. That is in the book. If Noah spent 120 years and people just kept walking by and going on with life, let me ask you a question. Where are we at? Why are we in this position in this country right now? Because too many Christians are just going on, happy-go-lucky, eat, drink, today for tomorrow, be married today for tomorrow we may die. I'm not planning on dying tomorrow. Heck, I'm going to live forever. Y'all might not have me here, but I'm going somewhere. <laughs> I messed this young girl up at a register one time at a grocery store. I said, how are you doing today, ma'am? She said, good, good, good. She said, how are you? I said, good. It's good to be alive. Then I looked at her and I said, but I'm born again so I'd be happy to be dead too (laughs) well it just came out it's the truth why not say it right Zechariah, chapter 14 closing where are some of my folks to start timing that five minute thing where y'all at see I know y'all 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 like yeah Pastor Tim told us five minutes thirty minutes ago I guess y'all, the Lord's taking good notes on y'all. I'm gonna stand and I'm gonna be a witness. That's yeah. See, talking about that witness thing. Y'all better be glad I love y'all. All right. So, Zechariah. That's almost at the end of the of the Old Testament. When you get there, say I'm there. I'm gonna pick up in chapter fourteen. But look at, look, at, look at chapter 12 and just underline this while we're going on our way on our way, okay? Just underline this. Let's see verse 10. Hey, if that's them calling me, and needing advice, tell them I'll call them back later. <laughs> Tied up right now. All right. chapter 12 verse 10. This is in the Old Testament. This is hundreds of years before Jesus is born, right? Look at your neighbor and say, there's hundreds of years before Jesus is born. Look what it says. And I will pour out on the house of David, that is Israel, and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem, look what it says, the Spirit, capital S, the Spirit of grace and supplications. Then, look what it says, everybody shout then. Then Then they will look on me, capital M. Who's he talking about here? prophetically he's given the word from Jesus look what it says again hundreds of years before Jesus was ever born they will look upon me whom they I'm going to leave that right there chapter 14 behold the day of the Lord is coming and your spoil will be divided in, our, in your midst for I will gather all the nations to battle against Jerusalem This had not happened yet. I'm just telling y'all, this is coming. This is in the future tense. It could happen a lot quicker than we think it could. Again, I don't want to mess with anybody's eschatology or your timelines, but I'm just telling you, we just need to look at the book and just say, hey, Lord, if my timeline's off, just let me see the broad picture here, Okay. For I will gather all the nations to battle against Jerusalem. The city shall be taken. Mm. The houses will be what? And the women ravished, that is raked. Half the city shall go into captivity, taken prisoner. But the remnant and the people, the remnant of the people, shall not be cut off from the city hold up verse 3 and the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle and the Lord and in that day excuse me his feet will do what everybody say that's literal say it again his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives which faces Jerusalem in the east and on the Mount of Olives shall and the Mount of Olives shall be split in two. Now, you know what? We went over to the book of the Revelation. I didn't ever get to read you the passage that I wanted to read. Sorry about that. I'm going back over there right now. Revelation, the book of the Revelation. The book of the Revelation because I was in a hurry to get to that Noah thing. The book of the Revelation chapter 19. Now, how many of y'all remember in First Thessalonians, he's coming back in the air? Help me, somebody. When he went up in Acts chapter 1, how do they say he went up? In the clouds. And the men said, he's coming back the same way, right? So in 1 Thessalonians, he's coming back in the clouds, all right? So those two passages kind of connect together, right? Well, let me tell you something. In Zechariah, it says he's going to set foot on the Mount of Olives. In 1 Thessalonians 4, he never sets foot on the earth, so there's another time coming that he's going to set foot on the earth are we together here in the book of the revelation chapter 19 when you get there say I'm there now I saw heaven open verse 11 and behold a white horse he's not riding on a cloud this time y'all he's not coming to get people this time he's coming to bring it this time I wish I could give some help for just a minute. See, when he came to planet Earth out of a virgin womb, he came as a lamb. But when he comes back to planet Earth next time, he's coming roaring like a lion. When he came the first time, he came to give his life. When he comes the second time, I don't care. I, I'm, look, if you've got this little limp wristed Jesus, Hollywood, chosen picture in your mind, I'm sorry to inform you, but when he comes back, When he comes back, he's coming to take life. He's coming to establish his rule and order by force. He's gonna be like, I gave y'all 2,000 years to get this thing right. Those of you that are with me are with me. Those of you that are not, it's on. Let's just read the book and see what happens. Now I saw heaven and behold a white horse and he who sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, does this make anybody else want to run besides me? And in righteousness, he judges and panicates people. So let me tell you something. This little hyper-grace stuff of this Jesus is that, who, that God is love. God is love. God is not wrath. Jesus died on the cross, so wrath will be no more. People are get, people try to get themselves confused. People, I'm like, y'all preaching that kind of Jesus? Have y'all even read the rest of the book? Well, let's read on about this Jesus. He's coming back, all right? He's coming back. He's gonna judge. He's gonna make war. Look what it says. His eyes... We were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knows except himself. Mm. He was clothed with a robe dipped in. Oh, y'all ain't hearing that right cl It's dipped in what? Blood. You know why? Because that blood is the sign of the authority. That's his authority. His blood pure, perfect, sinless, holy blood. That same blood, child of God, that is applied to your life. This is dipped in blood, look what it says. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven. Hold up now, he's not talking about angels here. Because look what he says. The armies in heaven clothed in fine linen. In the book of the Revelation, that phrase fine linen is referred to as righteousness. So guess what? Those of you, those of us, myself, if we die before the return of Jesus, if we die before the rapture, he's gonna bring us out of that grave. And those that are alive will be caught up with them, and we will meet him and be in the air with him and he's taking us back to heaven. We're gonna be with the Lord forevermore. Listen, and he's gonna clothe us in righteousness. He's gonna clothe us in fine linen. So guess what? Guess who's coming back with him when he comes back? I wish somebody would go ahead and praise him then. He was clothed in a robe a vesture dipped in blood. Let's see, let's see. And the armies of heaven, verse 14, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword with, that with it he should strike the nations and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron he himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of almighty God. I'm going to tell you what I am glad that this picture of Jesus I'm on his team. Stand to your feet with me. Would you guys come up and let's, let's play something softly. My God I'm on team Jesus and he's coming soon I'm going to tell you what I'm kind of envious of our loved ones that have gone on, they've died already they're in heaven with Jesus I'm kind of envious of what they're experiencing now but I'm going to tell you what he's coming soon y'all I don't know the timeline. Maybe my timeline could be crazy. But the scripture's not. My timeline can be off, but what's gonna happen is written in the book. Now you know what? Folks can be caught up if you're a studier, if you're a student of eschatology, the doctrine of end times, you can say, Well, Pastor Tim, are we pre tribulation rapture, mid trib, or post trib? I have no clue. Don't really care. I'm just looking for it to happen, and I don't know, man, you know what, with the craziness that's going on in the world right now, we could already be in the midst of something and we hadn't even recognized it. It's been like the frog in the kettle. Amen. I mean, you stop and think, if you could go back 200 years and bring somebody from 200 years ago. and put them right now and let them watch the news with you first of all they'd, they'd flip out on a flat screen TV <laughs> but if they could watch what's happening in this country if, if they could watch the news and see what Hamas did in dismembering babies that mamas and daddies and babies and children are in safe rooms in their houses and they go in and shoot them and dismember their bodies And then that same news network can flip to New York City or Washington State University or somewhere where there's a a mass showing where people are walking around with Palestinian flags condemning Israel, calling them apartheid. And I'm like, y'all didn't see what they just did like a week ago? And here's what gets me funny. Now, if you struggle with your sexuality, you know what? Let God help you with that. But I need to address this. When you see the gay, lesbian, LGBTQ plus community walking around waving Palestinian flags, supporting Palestine, y'all do know Muslims kill gay people, right? Am I not telling you the truth? In Iran and Iraq, they will take you up on a three, four, five story building and just throw you off the roof. I'm not being ugly. I'm telling God's honest truth. I'm you, that's the ludicrousness of the mindsets that we have in America right now. That if people 100 or 200 years ago, and that's why I said this, who knows what we're in the midst of right now. And we have been the frog in the kettle that's just been slowly turned up. We don't know where we are. I'm just being completely honest and transparent. But I can tell you this. I may not know where we are in the timeline, but I do know what the end of the timeline is going to look like. <laughs> Turkey, Turkey, the nation of Turkey has announced to the United States to stay out of the situation with Israel. A lot of people don't understand. Turkey is kind of like a stop-off place for a lot of the military, air force kind of stuff when they're sending stuff around the world to resupply and do whatnot. And so if that were to happen, Turkey is going to cut us off and we're going to be in a pickle with that. And can I just go ahead and tell you, folks, I've said this before and I've said it again when Jesus comes back and in Zechariah when he sets foot on the Mount of Olives and all the nations of the world have surrounded Jerusalem and then when you put that together with that Revelation 19 when he comes back on that white horse and those of us that are with him and out of his mouth comes a sharp two-edged sword what does that mean? That is pure that is figurative folks that he's going to give a command his word is going to come out of his mouth the word of God is quick, sharper than powerful more powerful than any sharp two-edged sword Hebrews 4:12. When you con- when you configure the word with the word, when Jesus comes back and that sword comes out of his mouth, he's coming out of the heaven shouting commands. Y'all understand what I'm saying? And folks, you will you look, you think atomic bombs are bad? When Jesus starts shouting commands into the earth. And if you study the whole thing about Gog and Magog, The Bible literally says that the blood of men are going to flow as high as the horse's bridle. I don't know what Jesus is going to do. He can speak the word and people can just explode. I I could go on all day. I know some of y'all probably think I already have. But I want to remind you folks, he's the super glue that holds everything together already. You understand that? So all he's got to do is give a word and every atom and molecule in your body will just let go. Pastor Tim, you've been watching too much sci-fi channel, bro. No, I just got an imagination. Maybe you should use yours a little more often. Bishop Tony Miller, beloved man that was a friend of this house, said one time, if most churches would have just one thought, revival would break out. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be afraid to think about this stuff. And think outside the box. Don't just think in the paradigms that you've been taught and spoken to your whole life. Folks, this can't contain everything that we're trying to put into us. But we can't contain everything that is in this. Because everything pertaining to Christ and the kingdom is in this book. Amen. Would you bow your head with me. Everything I've told you, I've shown you from the scripture today. If I if you agree with that, say yes. yes. Shout it out loud. Say yes. yes. All right. I've tried to refrain from giving you a lot of my opinion and just point to the scripture. Would you agree with that? Yes. So do you believe? Jesus is coming do you believe he's coming in two waves did I point that out in the scripture he's taking his church out wave number one that's a whole different thing we could spend a whole day on but how many of y'all believe that in the end he's coming back set foot on this planet how many of y'all planning on coming with him Now, I need to talk to everybody that couldn't answer to that. I need to, please, please. Sir, ma'am, please. My heart is heavy today. Please don't play around in this timeline. And I don't want to scare you into a relationship with God, but I need to tell you this. He loves you so much, he doesn't want you to live without him. Here and now, or the there and the then. He loves you, and he's going to fulfill everything I've told you today. He is going to do it, and he wants you to be a part. Now, right now, if you can say, I want you to listen to me, if you listen to me at all today. If you can say this today, Pastor Tim, if he came right now, I don't know what I'd do. If he came right now, I don't know if he would take me with him. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. I'm not gonna pick on you, I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna call you out, I promise. If you can honestly say, Pastor Tim, if he came right now, I don't know if I would go. I don't know if he'd take me with him. Thank you. See hands up in here. Thank you. Who else? We need to be ready. If you've got to go, I'm going to let you be dismissed. But I'm going to ask those that would to come and gather around this altar. And let's close in prayer. And let's search our hearts. Those of you that raised your hand, just come up here. And we're going to pray all of us together. It's one heart, one body, one people. If you can, if you have time, come up. Gather around the altar. Come on right now. We're just going to close in prayer together. If you're ready, that's great. Come on up. If you're not ready, that's great. Come on up. We're going to pray a prayer for that too. we get ready to pray y'all know I love y'all right y'all know that right y'all know I wouldn't say anything to hurt your feelings that the Lord tells me to say something that convicts you you gotta take that up with the Lord but I'm not in here I don't browbeat people that's not my thing I'm an encourager I'm an exhorter I am a preacher of the word of God but I need to make something clear while we're at this altar today as it was in the days of Noah. I need you, every one of you right now, to let the Holy Spirit in, to take inventory of your heart and life. Have you been sidetracked? Have you been majoring in the minors? Have you been too heavily focused, invested, and involved in stuff that really doesn't have an eternal purpose? And I'm not saying the stuff you're doing is bad. I'm just saying it's not what God wants you to be involved in in this season maybe you need to say you know what I need to dial back on some of this extracurricular activity I need to make more time for God in my life well that sounds like a churchy thing to do don't it no that sounds like a relational thing to do because that's what God wants God doesn't, listen, God doesn't want your money God doesn't want your time God doesn't want your giftings or your abilities He wants you He wants your heart But you know what, if my wife's going to have my life, if she's going to have my heart, that means I'm going to have to invest some time, I'm going to have to invest some money, I got to stop sometimes when I'm leaving out in the dark early in the morning time to go do something that I have to do or go fishing or go hunting or go play golf and she might still be sound asleep but I stop at the kitchen table and I get a post-it note out of the drawer and I get a pen and I draw her smiley face and say I love you because I need to take time to invest that into her I need to let her know when she wakes up my husband was thinking about me when he left out this morning when my mind was sound asleep nowhere on him God wants us sometimes to hit the brakes and not be caught up in all the good stuff of this world. Let's don't be surprised when Jesus said as it was in the days of Noah, I plan on being on the ark myself. Amen? So right now, if, if you fit that, if you just want to open yourself up, you know what, I've been praying here the last few weeks, I've been praying, Lord, I fillet myself. Literally, I just want to open myself up, God. And I want you to just come in, take inventory, take out what you don't want there, put in what you put it, what you want in there. And I just challenge you today. Say, Lord, I'm just in right now as an offering, as a living sacrifice. I just want to fillet myself. I want to open myself up at this altar. And you just come and move through every part of my being, Lord. Touch what you don't want there. Bring it to my attention. I'll repent. I'll repent. If you convict me, Lord, I will let it go. I dare you right now. So, Lord, we just open ourselves up before you right now. We surrender ourselves afresh before you at this altar right now. God, this world is in, a, it's in some perilous times But, Lord, we acknowledge that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all they that dwell therein. And, God, we acknowledge the timeline. Though we may not know it all, but in part, Lord, you are sovereign and you are in control and you know every day, every second, every moment, and you are working it all together for our good. And Lord, I pray over every man and woman, boy and girl in this room right now. If, if they come up to this altar and they know in their heart they're not where they need to be in their relationship with you, God, I ask you right now that as they would say to you, Father, forgive me of my sin. Jesus be the Lord of my life. I pray you cause that joy unspeakable to flood inside of their heart. And Lord, let them know that they're going to be part of that beautiful army that comes out of heaven. We thank you today. This, everything I've talked about, is a part of the glorious plan of salvation. And we pray these things today, Father, in the name of Jesus, and we give you thanks. Now, if you believe that Jesus is the resurrected Lord, if you believe that he is the resurrection and the life, if you believe that he is the line of the tribe of Judah, if you believe that he is faithful and true, if you believe that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, if you believe today that he is the great and mighty God if you believe he is a God of love and mercy and grace but he is also a God of wrath and justice and judgment if you believe that he is faithful and true in all that he does would you give him some love today at Northview Harvest Ministries hallelujah your neighbor. Smile real big. That's a good way. That, that's your headlights right there. All right. Let your light shine. Nothing, nothing can melt a hard heart easier than a loving smile. All right. So go let your light shine. Let your light shine. Go be like Noah and everybody that passes by you just like Noah while he's up there him and his sons are hammering away building 120 years they never got an ugly attitude they kept telling people it's coming, what's coming? a flood, what's that? a whole bunch of rain y'all gotta remember it had never rained before then the earth was like a terrestrial greenhouse it wasn't until God broke the heavens and broke the earth and caused the rain to come water come up and from above and below boom so when they when Noah said it's gonna rain, people are like, "Huh? I need you to tell people Jesus is for real. He's for real. How many of y'all believe he's for real?" Sheila shared a wonderful testimony of what he did for her and her family. What an amazing! It, it's online yesterday from the women's thing, so you can go online and watch it. It's archived the full testimony and it's definitely worth your, worth the watch but listen that's great we celebrate what God did there but I saw a thing the other day I sent it to a, my youngest son and a spiritual son and it says let me tell you what God did for me and it's got a two-sided picture and Sister Barbara on one side it's got a big old rock shaped like a heart and on the opposite side It's got a real heart, flesh heart. And it says, let me tell you what God did for me. And it says, I used to have this, that rock hard heart, a heart of stone. And it said, but now he gave me this, a heart of flesh. Thank God for a changed heart. need to tell you one more thing we're going to go you're anointed you are anointed of the Holy Spirit and I want to remind you the word anointing means to rub alright I've used this illustration a million times if I put that anointing oil on my hand and I go over here and lay my hand on Sharon's head I can pull my hand away but you're going to see the residue of that oil on her head folks look the Bible says First John says you are anointed by the Holy Spirit. You have an anointing. You can't see it. It's a spiritual thing. But you know what? Sister Barbara, when I take you by the hand, and even if I just say good morning, when I take my hand away in the Spirit, there is a residue of the Holy Ghost left upon you. Yeah, it's... That's that's the way this thing works. And that's why Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you can't get rid of that anointing. You can get it refreshed. The psalmist said in Psalm 92, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. So here's my thing. When you hug somebody, Kevin, even if it's your sweet wife, when you hug somebody, you just take them by the hand or you high-five them. There's something inside of you by the Spirit of God that even when that touch is released, they can't shake off. So go let your light shine and go touch some people for Jesus. It's not up to you. Oh, I don't know. God, I don't know if God can use me like that. It's not you. You understand that? It's just you. It's like butterflies. Y'all know they go to one plant. And they'll sit there and they'll suck the nectar and they get that pollen on their legs, butterflies and bumblebees. And then they'll fly to another flower and they'll suck the nectar. And they'll, what, y'all know what they call that cross-pollination? They're carrying the pollen from one plant to another. All you're doing is carrying the anointing of the Holy Ghost from one place to another. So go be a social butterfly. Go be a bumblebee. Don't be yellow Jack, and say, man, that things hurt. I love y'all. We bless y'all. Don't forget, 6 o'clock, New Hope Baptist Church. We've got a joint service tonight. It's going to be good. We're going into a Baptist church. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. We're going into a Baptist church with a non-denominational church, independent church, and a full-blown Pentecostal holiness church going into a Baptist church. And guess what our text is going to be? Acts chapter 2 now if that don't get your curiosity up and when the day of Pentecost was fully come the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the Lord lift his countenance upon you Mm. thank you Lord and give you in these crazy days his peace. I commission you to go shine for Jesus and to go touch people for Jesus. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.